When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today uh, by InsideTexas.com uh, analyst, recruiting reporter, as well as team, uh, team uh, analyst, Justin Wells. How you doing today, Justin? I'm blessed, brother. Uh, <laughs> it's, we, we got good weather. And I mean, let me tell you, that, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a welcome sight here in East Texas. I got you. Um, I'll, I'll get straight to it. Uh, Eric Nalene, uh, publisher of Inside Texas, put out a story this morning with more practice notes on Inside Texas. It wasn't a this huge, long story or anything. It was a bunch of quick hitters, but I thought it was pretty juicy, especially in the secondary. It sounds like Keaton Crawford, uh, someone that you know well from, you live near Tyler or in Tyler, and he's from Tyler. Uh, it sounds like he uh, is a uh, really having a chance to, to win a, a starting safety role right now. And that's got to be one of the biggest things from the spring. If that can, if that trend continues, because, you know, you and I, I believe have talked about Keaton a handful of times during these sessions and his athleticism, his miss, his demeanor, his, his abilities at some point, we're going to have to see the field. He's just that talented. Uh, you know, he's a guy I've followed for years here at Tyler High under Rickland Holmes, and he's done a tremendous job with him playing corner. He, he played; he was just a great athlete, played corner, played running back. Well, in the offseason, they thought, you know, we, we kind of need a, somebody at, at safety. They, they needed some bodies. And Keaton Crawford's name was mentioned. He's the kind of kid that if you say, hey, Keaton, we'd like to try you at another spot, he's going to say, yes, sir, when do I begin? That's just kind of how Keaton is. And and he's coming – he's – um. He's learning the field safety position pretty well. He's, he's giving Jaron Thompson and J.D. Coffey a, a run for their money. And I'm not surprised. You're talking about a, a position. The safety position at Texas right now doesn't have a ton of athleticism. It just really doesn't. Before they moved Keaton and Anthony Cook back there, I would venture to say there wasn't many athletes much at all. And, and with those additions back there, I think they're getting better. Uh, Coach PK is trying to find the best 11 on defense. They're doing something different every practice, Bobby, it, it, whether it's mixing and matching, trying a guy at a star. You know, Jaron Thompson's playing some of that star. Jade Barron's backing him up a little bit to see if he can fit there. You've got Keaton now uh, roaming some safety, trying to, to learn that spot. Understand with Crawford, he's a guy that can cover, but he's also a guy that can hit. He, he was, if anything, he's, he was always a big hitter because he took great angles, he tracks, and he smacks. And so the fact that Keaton's kind of sliding up that depth chart uh, back there at, at field safety is not a big surprise to me because if Texas wants to get the best 11 athletes on defense in 2022, Keaton Crawford's name might be in that conversation. I'll tell you what, we, you and I, and, and I think Eric and I talked about this, and, and even Ian Boyd, um, Texas has a does not have a lot of true free safety prospects that have that top end speed. And Keaton of all of those guys of he's faster than Anthony Cook, Jaron Thompson, JD Coffee, all of those guys back there, Keaton's the one that has uh, some legit track speed, correct? 
no question. Keaton was a burner in high school, even at his size at, I guess, about 5'11", 180, 190 pounds. He was always a real compact style player. I don't know if y'all remember Jamari and Miller from Tyler Legacy. They have very similar body types. I think that's why Keaton was such a good running back in high school. But yes, that's, 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 you know, people ask me all the time, what's the defense look like? And my first question is, I'm wondering about safety. I like where they're at everywhere else. Uh, you know, linebackers. Wait, 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 wait. Edge. You like where they're at at edge right now? I will. If they get a certain grad transfer from Fort Worth, I'll feel so much better okay. until then. I'm not so happy with edge, but I have a good feeling there. So I'll, I want to keep that going, but excellent point. They need athleticism on this, on this, on this side of the ball. They just do. You need guys that can fly around and Keaton Crawford's a guy that's, you know, he's going to, he's going to take to a ductile water. He, he understands what his role is back there. And, and I love the fact that, you know, he'll call his high school coach to say, Hey, what do you, what do you think about this move? And he gets great advice. Coach Holmes is the, is one of those guys that, won't tell his players, his former players, we'll run to the portal. We'll go find somewhere else to play. No, man. Hit the adversity head on, learn about it, become a better player from it. That's – I give a ton of credit to, to Coach Holmes and, and Keaton's family because he has that attitude in Austin. So, um, just for clarity, give people the rundown of the starting secondary right now and the moving pieces because there's a couple – you mentioned Jade Barron kind of as that um, – He's got to be on the field, and you just don't know where yet, right? Right. Jade, to me, may be one of the most talented players in the program. Like, he flashed so much last year. He, he really took – he got our attention. He got the fans' attention. He certainly got the coaching staff's attention. You know, they have a good problem, Bobby. This is a good problem. They have too many corners. You know, you've got Deshaun Jameson on one side. He's a returning starter. You know what you get with, with, Shark, with Baby Shark. You got Ryan Watts, the six foot three, you know, imposing, long, lengthy, you know, flexible type corner on the other side. And then you got a Jade Barron who, you know, pound for pound might be as good of, of, as those guys, if not both. You know, Jade is an incredible athlete and he's incredibly well read and smart. He understands the, the, the nuances to the position. He understands what he's trying to do. I think that's why they have him playing some star, some nickel, because Jade needs to be on the field. And if you've got Jamison and Watts on both sides at corner, then Barrett at, at nickel would make great sense. But he's also battling Jaron Thompson for that position as well. At the end of the day, I think Barron has to be on the field. But it, but who do you take off? Does, does he replace, uh, you know, returning starter in Jamison? That remains to be seen. What about Ryan Watts? Does he replace him until he gets his transition in and kind of understands the scheme and the defense a little better? That's a valid question. You know, they've got some serious talent there. And I haven't even mentioned Terrence Brooks. And he's a true freshman that enrolled early. And everything I'm hearing is he plays smart and he plays fast. And that's a guy that's got the professional mentality. He, he's raised by a, an NFL football player. He was raised by, you know, a man that, that, that knows what he was doing. And, and he's, he's used that. He's utilized that. And so, like I said, it's a great problem to have. But Jade Barron, I just have a hard time thinking he's not going to be on the field when they kick off against UL, ULM just because he has to be one of the best 11 in that backside. Gotcha. Um, Eric, Eric mentioned in today's article also that uh, Casey Kane has looked good, not necessarily star power, but he's surprisingly good. He's like making that next step into it being a, a contributor at the college level. Uh, but 
let's talk about quarterback as well, because I mean, receivers are predicated so much on, on what a quarterback can do. Uh, we've talked about it. There's a, a, right now there is a fight for the number one quarterback and a fight for the number three quarterback. Right. And so in the fight for the number one quarterback, we believe it's Hudson card and Quinn Ewers right now card. Of course, the returner from Lake Travis uh, started last season. Uh, Ewers, the transfer uh, from Ohio state via South Lake Carroll high school, former number one rated player in the country as a high schooler. Um, what are you hearing right now? What have you been told? What have you seen, et cetera? Quarterback is the most galvanizing position in the Texas football market. It has been, and it always will be. And nobody knows it better than you, Bobby. With these two guys, I mean, with Sark has to feel a little spoiled because he has two of the most live-armed guys in the, in the country on either side of him. We, we, we've talked about that. Right now, Hudson Card looks like he's played a year longer than Quinn Ewers, and that is natural. You know, last year, Card played really well in, in spring and, and, and really well in, in that fall camp to win the starting position. He was a guy that we knew that Sarkeesian was, was, was really, really fond of just because he, if you're a quarterback coach, that's what you want your quarterbacks to look like and to act like and, and to throw like. And so at this point, I, I think Texas fans still have a, a small negative connotation about Hudson card because they remember the Arkansas game last year. They remember him being jittery in his second start as a freshman. And, and I, I can't emphasize this enough. You cannot, that can't be the reason that can't, you can't put him in that um, compartment. He's, if you watched him in the second half of last season, he really improved. This is a guy that made big throws down the stretch in the second half because he started becoming more comfortable. The position is so, it's so polarizing. So many factors go into it. The team really trusts Hudson Card. He makes beautiful throws. He's more confident this year than he was in the past, which with quarterbacks, each year they play, they get a little bit more confident, a little more comfortable. The, game, the, the speed of the game slows down a little bit for him. And so he, he's making some incredible plays. He had a, Card had an amazing throw to Jordan Whittington on a deep out um, in, in Saturday's scrimmage. Was, and it just shows you that's what Hudson Card can do. On the other end, you've got a kid like Quinn Ewers, which he's, you know, he hasn't seen live bullets in a long time, Bobby. And, and anybody can, any coach will tell you it takes time. Even with a guy with that much talent, it just takes time. It was similar to Card last year, and Card doesn't even have Ewers' overall arm talent. It, you know, every practice, Quinn's going to make two or three throws that make you think, wow, like no one else makes that throw. No one else finds that window. But he's also in that transition period where he's still trying to learn the playbook. He's still trying to figure out the speed of the defense. You know, the, these corners close in fast. Uh, it's a lot different than what he faced in Duncanville a year and a half ago. And so it's, you know, it, it, Quinn, it, it, it's a good race because you want competition at every, at every position. I believe Sark brought that model from when he was at USC with Pete Carroll, where he embraced competition at every single spot, including quarterback, the, the most important spot on the team. Right now, I think Card has the edge. I think he's the more confident kid. I think he's been there. He's had a year on him. Quinn's one that each day he's going to get a little bit better. Quinn's going to pick up some stuff each practice. Uh, he's going to find stuff. You know, Saturday before last, he threw a deep out to, to – to, uh, or sorry, deep post to Casey Kane that was absolutely beautiful. And he has that, he's got that ability. Uh, I, I think they want to see a little bit more confidence out of Quinn, uh, not just in the overall setting of playing quarterback, but in his throwing. Uh, 
You know, you don't want to be tentative. You don't want to be throwing off your back foot. You don't want to go off platform uh, with, with your angles too much. You want to kind of make sure you're, you keep your basics. And right now, Hudson Card is winning when it comes to the basics. Yeah, and I, I think that we've talked about this. We don't think that's a, a precursor of necessarily how this thing's going to end up. We're trying Never. to report on what it is today. Um, and, and I will say this, I, I, I uh, am a little, uh, so having gone back and watched last season, uh, and Hudson Card did not play well um, against Arkansas. We all know that. He didn't just look timid. He looked, he looked uh, shell-shocked a little bit. He didn't necessarily play well until West Virginia. I mean, he played poorly against Kansas, in my opinion, through a pick six. Um, did not play great in the limited time he had, I think, against Iowa State either. So um, there, are, there's a, a number of different things there. At the same time, I thought he did end on a positive note at West Virginia until he got injured. Um, I just, I, I wonder, you know, is he a guy that is a better practice player when the coaches blow the whistle because they're not going to allow the quarterback to get tackled, right? Because they don't want a quarterback injury. Then when the game starts and he's got to get tackled, got to get out of it, or he's going to go down, you know, I, I kind of just wonder if he lacks or, or if he needs to take that one little next step. Because, look, Justin, it's not just you that talk about how good he looks in practice at times. I mean, we heard this all last offseason that he looked terrific in practice. Um, and so I'm interested how that uh, translates going forward. Um, and you're also right. The quarterback position is, you know, it's the position in just about all on just about all football teams, especially when you don't have a quarterback yet. It's the it's the yeah. it's the question. Um, all right. Moving forward to some recruiting, because you've talked to some guys. Uh, I want to get going on it. A couple of guys you think are narrowing in on a decision. Uh, Billy Walton out of South Oak Cliff, a defensive end slash outside linebacker type. Yeah, we uh, on Sunday, you and I actually put together a, a really good post. Uh, I talked to a lot of players post-practice on Saturday um, and Sunday morning, and Billy Walton was the one that, out of all the players I talked to, I felt like Texas probably moved the needle the most with Billy. You know, Billy's one of those that he, he, he came on strong last year for a state championship team. Like, he was, he was instrumental in South Oak Cliff's state run last year. 12 sacks, 21 tackles for loss. I mean, he really flashed, and he was a guy that we had written about last spring. We wrote about this guy a year ago, and just you could just see the, the physical freak, 6'3", about 215, 220. He's got, these, he's got the measurements. Um, we've actually got a, a recruiting notebook we're posting early, uh, later today talking about Billy Walton, how he fits and his evaluations, and kind of where he's at in his recruitment. After speaking with him Sunday, he let me know he is making a decision before spring ball starts. And Bobby, that's like two weeks away. And, and, and Billy's the type of kid, too, that, you know, he's he's one of those, if he tells you something, you don't have to worry about him changing dates. You don't have to worry about him not showing up to a visit. This guy's going to do it. Uh, he told me Tennessee, SMU, and Oklahoma State are the other three schools that are in it in the mix, along with Texas. I have to think after this visit to Austin, Texas clearly um, – they're the pace car in, in this pursuit. And, and they did a tremendous job. Give Chris Gilbert, I've said it a lot, and I know fans are probably sick of me saying it. Chris Gilbert is incredible for this staff. His relationships, not just in the DFW area, but throughout the state of Texas, it really resonates with the high school football coaches. It really, 
it's you're starting to see the fruit of that with these with these classes, how these kids are coming in and getting closer and closer to Sark and the staff. Chris Gilbert's been tremendous, and I'll give him credit when it comes to Billy Walton. He, he's been he's been amazing. I think Billy's going to be a decision guy in two weeks. I think right now Texas views him as a take. Uh, he's a guy like we talked about on the edge. They need edge guys. These, these, you need somebody that's going to get to the quarterback in this, in this system, in this day and age, you've got to have that. And so Billy offers that to you. He, he's, he's got that frame to where he can easily come down and, and put on more side. You could see him at a 250, potentially 260, you know, down the road. And so I like where Texas is with Billy Walton a lot. I thought they moved the needle with him on Saturday and he told me he's, he's sticking by it. He feels like he's ready to make a decision in a couple of weeks. He wants to do it before spring ball. So uh, Texas fans may need to be prepared because I think the horns are in a great position at this moment. Um, odd assortment of schools, Oklahoma state, Tennessee, SMU, and Texas. I don't know that I've ever he heard of a guy with those four schools as a finalist, uh, but uh, that's good to know. Also Chris Gilbert, for those that, that aren't aware uh, is the director of player personnel for the Longhorns. Also, I think that's his official title. High school relations. A director of high school relations for the, the Longhorns. He is the former head coach at Lancaster High School. He's also a former uh, player, and I think he may have coached for a little bit at South Oak Cliff, yeah. which is where De Billy Walton is from as well, uh, in uh, that South Dallas area. Um, the second person I wanted to mention is Jordan Matthews, the defensive back uh, corner out of Baton Rouge Woodlawn. That's a guy that you uh, tuned me into oh, about a month, two months ago now. You think that's coming down the line too to, for, for a decision somewhat soon? That's another guy, you know, Jordan Matthews is, he's one of those players. He started coming to Austin last summer. And, and I thought it was kind of odd, a Baton Rouge kid, really talented, making a long drive to Austin and wondering why LSU wasn't squarely in the mix. You know, his father played at LSU, Roshan Matthews. He played in NFL Europe. So he's, he's got some skins on the wall. And, and I just knew that this kid was going to be purple and gold. But LSU's new staff has been a little slow. Built Brian Kelly and that new group that came in in December and January, they've been a little slow on, on his recruitment. That has allowed Texas to jump in the mix and extend a lead. Jordan Matthews has been to Austin at least four times in the last 12 months. I'm pretty sure the last Saturday was his fifth time in the last 12 months. This family is pragmatic in this process, and they love what Terry Joseph has brought to him. They love that relationship. Sark, has a lot of one-on-one -on -one with Jordan. They FaceTime. They talk a lot. And we, we've mentioned that quite a bit. Sarkeesian has really inserted himself in these recruitments. I can't tell you enough how involved he is. I just can't remember a head coach. I know head coaches are involved in the elite guys. And, and, and I would say Jordan's on the line there. He's definitely what I would call a high four-star, mid-high four-star but he's also involved with those guys. He's also involved on the, the lower ranked guys, like a Billy Walton, who's a three-star. He's also, you know, in on a Samaj Burrell. That's what Sark's doing, and it's working. These guys really like him. These guys feel like they've, they're believing this. They're buying this vision. And the biggest thing is seeing these players on campus for practice, the interaction with the coaches. Uh, you know, Anthony Hill's dad told me that Anthony was this close to jumping in to a drill last Saturday. That's how enthusiastic, that's how enthusiastic he was about getting to see that. Jordan Matthews picked that up. I thought Texas led for Jordan before last Saturday. After getting to talk to him on Sunday evening, 
I, I think Texas leads by a wide margin. And you're talking about other schools. Texas A&M is still in the mix. Mississippi State's in the mix. Georgia has thrown their hat in the ring. You know, he's got some nice schools, about 6'1", maybe 180, 185 pounds out of Woodlawn down in Baton Rouge. Um, he tells me he's gonna. It's gonna be an early June decision for him. He wants to. He wants to make his decision in early June. If that happens sooner or later, that remains to be seen. But right now, Texas is is in the lead. This is a team. This is a school that he sees himself playing at. He he watched that practice and that interaction and team meetings and. He, he says, that's the environment I want to be in. That's the, that's the type of atmosphere I want to be in. And so give Texas credit. Anytime you can go into Louisiana and potentially pluck a, a, a really good prospect from that state and potentially take them from LSU, that is worth mentioning. That's a hard task. It's the easy – LSU keeps those guys in state better than anybody. And give Sark – and Terry Joseph, a ton of credit. They have really knocked out this recruitment. What, what's the latest you're hearing on the trio of John Tate Cook, the wide receiver from uh, DeSoto, uh, Anthony Hill, the linebacker uh, from Denton Ryan, uh, and Reuben Owens, uh, the running back at uh, El Campo. Those, those three guys seem to run in the same circles a little bit on the recruiting trail. What's the latest you're hearing on, on those three? They keep texting each other that they want to play together. And, you know, it's funny we talk about this package deal stuff. It's it, it, you, it rarely comes to fruition, but I, and I don't think this is what I would call a package deal. I just think this is a group of really good players that like each other and the one consistent, the one constant with their conversations. And this, let's not forget Arch Manning is in this group text with these guys as well. They all talk about Texas. Anthony Hill talks about him. Jonte comes back. He was a back-to-back guy. He had came the week before, and then he wanted to come back. I don't know if you got a chance to, to, to watch his little 15-minute unofficial video uh, basically on his trip. That's a kid that looks like Texas could be the spot. And then I got to speak with Reuben Owens on Sunday. I got to catch up with him, and it's always fun to catch up with Reuben. That's what I call a world traveler. That man has taken full advantage of the recruiting process. I don't blame him one bit, but he comes out, and I, and I said, you know what? You've been to Austin so much. What was different about this time? And he says, there's just an energy with these youth, these younger coaches now. He said it was it was a good, positive environment before that. He said, but now with Brennan Marion and Tashar Choice, there's just a, a younger vibe there. And, and, and these players relate to that, Bobby. They're young, too. They relate to those younger guys. Us old fogies, it's it's not always the same. But with those younger guys, they, they see the same. They, they see it through their eyes. And so Ruben said, you know, give coach Sark credit. He has changed this atmosphere. He's changed this culture. He said, I love the vibe that coach Sark has brought to this team. And he said, the younger coaches are, are one of those reasons he thinks it's, it's turned the way it has. This spring has, has had so much positivity coming out of players and coaches and programs close to the program. And now you're hearing it from recruits. And so it's almost like it's justified because when the when you've got the best running back in the in, in the state, the best receiver in the state, and the best linebacker in the state telling you all these things they are sensing, feeling, and noticing about Texas during their practices, that's important. Yeah. Um, before I got a couple more recruiting notes. Before I do that, though, I want to make sure everybody uh, hears a pitch that we have for Inside Texas right now. If you're a new member, we have an introductory price. It's, we've never done this before. One dollar for four months subscription to InsideTexas.com. Uh, you know, Justin's there every day answering both team and recruiting questions. Same with Eric Nalin, Joe Cook, 
uh, Jerry Hamilton, Ian Boyd, myself, Paul Wadlington. Uh, we are there each and every day. Uh, also have some practice reports that come out as well uh, that are from behind the scenes kind of. Uh, but anyways, going back to, to recruiting, circling back to recruiting now, Justin. Um, Texas is, we've talked about re- the running back room. Uh, one, one guy down in South Florida getting ready to announce his top group of schools, I, I understand. Jevin Simpkins. That's right. Uh, I believe he's a Miami kid, maybe Norland High School. I need to I need to look at that. It again. is Norland. Yep. Norland High School. Yeah, he's a guy that uh, he was one of the first people that Tashar Choice, when he took the job at Texas, reached out to and, and uh, you know, subsequently offered because uh, he's he's been on Simpkins for a while. He, you know, to, Coach Choice has built a lot of these relationships in Florida, you know, being at Georgia Tech. He knew there's talent down there. Simpkins is coming out with the top five today. He, he told me last night that uh, he's got that it's kind of his big news he wants to, to announce today. Um, you know, not to give too much away uh, from what he told me, uh, you can fully expect Texas to be in that top five. It's I'm very curious about Simpkins because we know where they are with running back one. We know that they really like Reuben Owens. We know they really like Cedric Baxter, uh, Justice Haynes, those guys in that top level. And nothing to take away from these guys, but there is a category called running back two. And, and this class is going to have two running backs, whether one of them's Cam Cook out of uh, Round Rock, Stony Point, or it's going to be Javin Simpkins out of, out of South Beach. This is a kid that, you know, he's kind of like a pinball. He's a, I like to call him a gadget back. He's, he can, he, he does a little bit of everything. He's a, uh, not just a running back. He catches the ball out of the backfield. He picks up the blitz. He also returns kicks. He's just an electric kid with the football in his hands. And if, if you've watched Kansas State and you've watched Deuce Vaughn, if you've watched, you know, Iowa State and you've watched Brees Hall, if you've watched these, these schools that, that, that really utilize these small, speedy, electric guys. To me, that's where Simpkins falls in this category. Uh, Simpkins lists at 5'9", 175 right now. Uh, just to give you an idea. So what you're describing, I think, with the Deuce Vaughn is, is accurate. I think Brees Hall is actually big, and that's why he's probably rated so highly is because he's also big and fast, to your point, and has that. that... Brees is a dude. Brees is yeah. a little bit bigger, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, also, O'Shawn Mathis, we mentioned him briefly. He's traveling to Nebraska this weekend. Uh, no real update there, I understand. It's still Texas, Nebraska. We're waiting to see what happens. Uh, and uh, the Longhorn coaching staff definitely has their, their fingers crossed there. Uh, also, David Hicks moves schools. Uh, the defensive lineman out of Allen, one of the state's top, very top prospects, uh, moving down to Katie Paytow uh, is what I understand. Is that correct? Yes, sir. His dad uh, got a, a promotion. He's now the assistant head coach. Uh, if you have ever met David Hicks, uh, DJ son, DJ's dad, great guy, former NFL guy, um, really understands the process, has taught his son how to talk to people, how to treat people, how to be respectful in this process, have nothing but, but, but a ton, a ton of respect for that guy. Uh you know, he had a, he got an opportunity to, to, to better himself. And he just so happens to have the top defensive lineman in the state as his kid. Um, how does this help Texas? I don't think it does. I think it puts him squarely back in, in A&M's recruiting grounds. I think A&M and OU are kind of leading the charge anyway. Uh, this probably doesn't help Texas that much, but DJ still wants to come in for the spring game. DJ still talks to Coach Sark and Coach Bo Davis on a regular basis. Coach, uh, his dad, Coach Hicks, still re, you know talks to those coaches on a regular basis. And so, if we've learned anything, 
Don't make a judgment in April on a big-time elite recruit no matter where he's leaning because you don't know how this season is going to turn out. And I feel like DJ Hicks' recruitment probably goes into the season. So if you see a, 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 you see somebody like A&M fall on their face, if you see OU start relatively slow, and if you see Texas come out of the gate and look really, really sharp, I think they're squarely back in this. But right now, him moving to, Kate, Kate, to Peyto, it's not – it's not ideal for Texas fans. That probably helps AM at the end of the day. All right. Uh, before I let you go, I want to mention this because we started off with Keaton Crawford, and I want to read a list of names to you, and you tell me what these guys have in common. Earl Campbell, Chris Carter, Aaron Ross, Tim Crowder. Matt Melton, <laughs> Aunt Ashton Dorsey. <laughs> John I Tyler. Can- I, John Tyler. Right, now, now Tyler High, right? But it's now yeah. Tyler High. But let me let me tell you one thing, Bobby. <laughs> Even though it's still Tyler High, if you go to that school, they still call it John Tyler. Yeah. You just can't, you know, it's just John Tyler is just synonymous with East Texas football. It's hard to take that away. They changed the name of Tyler Lee to Tyler Legacy. I don't think anybody noticed. Uh, they changed John Tyler's name. People lost their mind. I say, you know, Keaton's from Tyler High. Well, Where's that? Well, it's, it's old John Tyler. Yeah. It's a nice place. But, yes, sir, you're right. John Tyler has been very kind to the University of Texas over the years. Uh, they also had a, uh, they also signed a kid named Damian Miller in the class of 2017, an outstanding receiver. He wasn't able to qualify, you know, and went ahead and went to junior college. But, yeah, that Texas has – they love coming to Tyler because they know you find some real dogs in John Tyler, including that – uh beautiful Tyler Rose. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Justin Wells of Inside Texas, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been On Texas Football. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.